this modern age, a book about Jesus that he had written as Thomas Jefferson, but never published. He said that the time had not been right. The story of how liberating Jesus was written is told in an appendix to that book, but suffice it to say that my writing of Thomas's book was a harrowing and flabbergasting experience. Things said by its first readers, though, have made me begin to understand that the whole purpose of my life is going to turn out to have been writing that book. Anyway, I did it. I wrote Thomas's book. Then I asked him to do something for me. My Thomas is the best novel I will ever write, and in the course of my getting to know my guide as someone in my waking life, he told me that he had helped me write it. Wow, you did? That's enormous news! The problem is that by now my Thomas has moved on far beyond his Jefferson lifetime. But two hundred years is a long time for someone to have to wait to finish his work. Once Liberating Jesus was in print, Thomas seemed to lighten up, and I dared to ask him what he would let me say about his participation in writing this book. Perhaps to give me a gift in return for the gift that I had just given to him, he has allowed me to tell you the following things. First, the idea for my Thomas came from him. He saw it as a warm-up for our subsequent research and writing projects. Second, he guided my research. He even tells me that some of those I talked with were reluctant to give me information, but he prompted their cooperation. Third, he gave me the ideas and events and even most of the language. He says he made certain that I got the details right. Fourth, he also came up with a title. I recall that Doubleday wanted me to call this book something silly, and when I heard that, I blurted, No, call it my Thomas. Then I had no idea where that had come from. Now I know. And my sense is that Thomas chose the title not so much for the 1993 edition, but more for the book that he expected would one day sit on shelves beside liberating Jesus. The historic Thomas Jefferson was a private man. He carefully shielded his personal life, which has left us believing he was cold and stiff. Perhaps it isn't so surprising that he might have wanted, after his death, to tell us more of who he really was. Now we learn that a hundred and sixty-odd years after his body died, he channeled an intimate account of his life during the Revolutionary War from the perspective of his cherished wife. Like you and me, once he was young, and he felt very much in love. Forward by Sarah Eston Hemings, August 14, 1946 My grandmother belonged to Thomas Jefferson. That's my little claim to fame. She said she was something more than his slave. She claimed he was the father of her children, but you can't blame her much when you think about the kind of life she must have had. For a long time I thought her little lie was only a harmless grab at glory, but then I read this book that you were holding open in your hand. I expected to carry my secrets with me wherever I'm going, up or down, but I find myself now eighty-nine. At eighty-nine you finally get some distance. At eighty-nine, you care a whole lot less for the feelings of people a hundred years dead, and what you care about, if you care about anything, is neatness, leaving the place a little neater. You ought to be told I never passed the eighth grade, but I taught a school for thirty years, and I worked as librarian thirty more. In Wisconsin in the seventies, they'd let you teach if you were single and able to control the boys, and I moved to the library in nineteen hundred when they tried to make me get a certificate. So I know words, and since I know words, I was able to teach myself the rest. I'd spent sixty years drumming that fact into children, and not a tenth of them took my advice, so the rest of them lived and died plain stupid. 
At eighty-nine, I've even stopped caring about that. This book that follows is a lady's journal. I have it from my mother when she died in sixteen, and she had it from my father, who died in 1860 when I was only four. He had it in turn from his mother, Sally. He was the youngest of her children. Sally Hemings had it down from her mother, Betty, who took it from the dying hand of the lady, and that was in 1782. So you see, the time is short, and the hands are few. I never cared much for Thomas Jefferson, never mind the fact I can claim a connection. My father was a slave of his, but my father was only one-eighth black, and late in his life he chose to live white. Until this minute, I myself was white, so now I am telling my first secret. It tickles me to say it. I live in a home here that won't take colored, but nobody will see this until I'm dead, and I laugh to think of them coming here and here after the fact and fumigating my room. That thought does give me the greatest pleasure.